the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity. This is the final episode of Sideline Sanity. What do you mean it's the final episode? I just subscribed. What are you talking about? Stick around to the end of the show, and it's kind of a short one today, and you'll hear what I mean. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Jazz Shaw is with us. He's a writer for Hot Air. We're going to talk about a couple of things, actually quite a few things. He's a, he's a terrific writer and probably even a better talker. Joe Biden is running again. And Jazz Shaw said he wants to finish the job. Have you seen the job he's doing? And oh, by the way, now that he wants to run, how about that cognitive test? Jazz Shaw has taken a cognitive test. He will explain to us what it's like. Plus, we'll talk about this new rule that means if you have a good credit score and you want to buy a home, you may pay more in fees and taxes than someone who has a lower credit score to make up for the risk that their home loan uh, may have that comes with it. This is this is craziness. We need to talk more about it. You need to know about it. That's all coming up with Jazz Shaw. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Jazz Shaw, thanks for joining us. Well, we all waited. We kind of knew Joe Biden was going to throw his hat in the ring. And of course, he did it uh, via recording. And he is saying, let's finish the job. And this is coming along the time when we're hearing about GDP, you know, declining again. So what does finish the job mean in your estimation from Joe Biden? I just wrote a long piece about that the other night for our website. And uh when I heard the message, the first thing that came to my mind, and that was the title I used, have you seen the job lately? <laughs> you know, because uh, we the show is not long enough to go down the entire list of stuff that I covered in there. But I, I struggle to find one thing that's gone on since Biden took office that I would say has produced a net positive result. You know, prices are up. People have drained their savings. The economy is not in good shape, no matter what they keep saying. At the same right. time, we, we got an invasion going on at the border. And perhaps more worrisome than anything else, our foreign policy is a disaster right now. We are losing allies right and left. People are siding with China, you know, and just kind of walking away from us. And I think we look very weak on the world stage. And uh, I, I will just sum up by saying if, if the job was to destroy what America used to be, then I don't think he needs another term because he's getting pretty close. 
Yeah, and by the end of this term, he may as well uh, he may have well done the whole job complete. But that is a scary thing. I worry about the our stance on the or our our position on the world stage as well. I worry about it a lot. And you can have a state dinner and invite the head of South Korea in and go through all the pomp and circumstance, and it looks beautiful. But ultimately, what does it mean? Do we? Do you believe that South Korea? It, it, is still an ally, one of the few. I mean, I don't want to overstate it. Obviously, Britain, obviously Canada. Uh, I think we're in allyship with Ukraine, although China's trying to position itself as the peacemaker between Ukraine and Russia, which is really troublesome. So yep. um, the South Korea thing, was that just a formality? Was that, or did anything constructive come of that from your estimation? It was mostly for show, but the agreement, the key part of the agreement that I took note of was the fact that we are going to go back for the first time in 40 years to having some of our nuclear powered submarines uh, have docking visits there, which we haven't done since the height of the Cold War. And it's good that they are, and I, be, I believe they still firmly are our allies. They're certainly not going to side with North Korea. They're bitter enemies. So we got that going for us. And we need more bases to operate from because we're losing some of our allies that let us use their bases before, like Solomon Islands. And uh, we have to be ready to be active in that region, depending on what China does, which is starting to look more and more likely that we're going to need something. So it's one of the rare cases where I'll just say, I don't think Biden screwed this up too much. I, it was good <laughs> to welcome welcome the president over and and have that agreement. And I don't think it's a dangerous plan either. So I thought it was okay. All right. All right. So he didn't screw that up, although he did have the questions given to him in advance from at least the LA yes. Times reporter. We know that there were two questions allowed. He had a card. People have probably seen it. It's all over the news today that he had the cheat sheet. And and that brings up your other question about about Biden. Uh, your Your headline was, okay, so Joe's running again. Now, how about that cognitive test? It's not just, you know, you can say age is but a number, but we have seen Joe Biden in decline. And I'm old enough to remember when people thought Reagan was in decline and they called him a puppet and all of the rest. I think we can easily say that for Joe Biden. Some of the, the policies he's put forth seem way beyond, uh, way more progressive than he's ever presented as. So it's, it seems he's just going along with whoever is telling him what to do. But how realistic do you think a cognitive test is at this point? Oh, I think I'll let's just get this out for full disclosure. I've taken a cognitive test not too long ago because I'm younger than Biden and I've already started having some what everybody tends to call senior moments where I'll call <laughs> one of the pets by the wrong name. And I got wondering because that runs in my family. So I went down and actually took one of those tests. I managed to ace it somehow. So I guess I'm not too bad yet, but uh, and and I think Biden should. And as I wrote in that article, I, I think all the candidates should, regardless of age, because sometimes it hits people a lot younger. Some people are just sharp as a tack, and I'll, a name probably nobody watching this cares for very much, Bernie Sanders, older than both of them, you know. And I just saw him recently in an interview, a guy sharp as a tack. Mm -hmm. So it varies from person to person, but Biden clearly needs to take one of those tests. Yeah. And yeah. I don't. And having taken one myself, I'd be shocked if he did very well. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Really? Yeah. I, you know, um, what is it like to take a cognitive test? What kinds of things are you asked? Some of it's kind of random. They'll ask you to uh, read and repeat words that they hold up on cards. Um, they'll ask some baseline stuff like, what town are we in right now? What year is it? Who's the president right now? I, Joe might even get that one right. Um, <laughs> and then he might I, say I, Kamala Harris. Yeah, he might. Um, then towards the end, I won't give away the exact details because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who might be considering going out and taking one after they hear this. But then they'll circle back and they'll cover something they covered before and they sort of do a double check to make sure that you remembered what you said a few minutes ago and things like that. And if you have your wits about you and you're aware of your surroundings and you know the current date and and who you're talking to and whatnot – for most people, it, they're really not that challenging. It, it's not a horrible test to take. But if you're getting to be in cognitive decline, then, yeah, you can see where people start missing those things. And yeah. if you do, I mean, you know, uh, Trump took one and, and just aced it, I guess, according to the doctors. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really think I think all the candidates, including Trump, he, he can go again. It's been a few years. Everybody, DeSantis, everyone, they should they should all go take one and transparently release the results to the public. Yeah, I I think the dog clearly agrees with you. Um, he's on his way to take one, but he's only a year, so he'll probably do just fine. Um, you, you, you look at John Fetterman as another example of someone much younger than Joe Biden, but clearly has some issues, had a stroke. And, you know, for people to say, oh, you're an ableist, you know, you you, you're, you just want able people. Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, we have a, you know, we have a we have a governor in Texas who's in a wheelchair. We're not ableist against him. That doesn't being in a wheelchair has nothing to do with how his mind works. This is about how one's brain operates and their their capabilities to function as a thinker, as a decision maker, you know, the cognitive stuff. So this is very different from being an ableist. And yeah, I'm I'm sorry if I want clear thinkers occupying those seats of power. But I would have no problem with Governor Abbott, uh, Governor Abbott, if he wanted to be president and he got elected. I, I think he's very competent, very sharp, all that. But yeah, what you're saying is true. It, it's not a question of physical ability, so long right. as you're healthy enough to live out the term, hopefully, yeah. uh, which I, I don't even know what that about Joe at this point. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm, if you're talking about mental ability and acuity, yes, I'm an ableist. I, I really don't want someone who's unable to process information being that close to the nuclear button. I really yeah. don't. Right. Or yes, in these, I mean, 
and 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 beyond that everyone talks about the nuclear codes yes but it's also just someone who who can't present themselves on the world stage who can't possibly can't negotiate and who is very malleable by other people who weren't elected and that's i think maybe bothers me more than anything you you talked again 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 this biden's theme has finished the job have you seen the job thus far you've detailed a number of things how in the world can this man get reelected, do you think? Is it only if he is running against Trump or is even that a given anymore? I don't think we're talking about the problems with Joe Biden when we when we say, how could he possibly get elected again? I think we're talking about the ongoing sort of not civil war, but uh, organized divorce the country is going through at the moment. I, I think that regular people talking to each other in the streets. We can discuss things. We can come up with ideas at the national level when it gets, comes time to go into that booth and, you know, pull that lever or whatever you're using these days. Um, I think there's a lot of people that simply just will not vote for a Republican and just will not vote for a Democrat, which is why you always have to win over the independents. But I, I, you could have, the worst candidate, and I think Joe Biden clearly is, and you could find the best, most likable Republican out there and run them and or switch it around. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump is so hated, and you could get one of the most competent, clear-speaking Democrats possible. I think the numbers would come out almost the same. It's uh, We're in really strange times, and they're, they're very worrisome to me. Um, because of what you talked about, this sort of quiet divorce that the nation is going through. And I like how you tempered the notion of a civil war and called it a, a you know, just a divorce. I, in your mind, before um, I ask you about a, a totally different issue, is this, are, are these irreconcilable differences? Is this, is this something that can ever be healed in your mind? I'm kind of an optimist, optimist. Um, I would like to think so, but if you turn around then and ask me, how does that happen? I don't have an answer for you. Um, If we got somebody, Biden came into office promising to be the least divisive. He was going to bring everybody together. That was his whole theme. And he has been the exact opposite. If we got somebody in who really was interested in finding acceptable bipartisan solutions and not owning the libs or owning the cons, you know, with everything they do, and people saw that and they came to trust it a bit, then, yeah, I think maybe we could make some progress in that direction. But um, I don't, are you familiar with Russell Brand by yes. any chance? Yes. I, I watch Russell Brand's show so often, and which is probably bad for me because it makes me even crazier. <laughs> but uh, I, he talks about things that are starting to make a lot of sense, as frightening as they are. And it's like he just thinks there needs to be a complete breakdown of the power structure. And I think that's particularly true in Washington. Um, We have seen over the course of this administration and now the recent House investigations that there's a lot of corruption. And it's not all just in the elected officials. You've got it in the Justice Department and and the IRS and every place else and just partisan games and warfare and interference going on. And I think we need somebody that's acceptable both sides to come in and just clean house. If we can't have that, then not that I'm endorsing him or anything, but Donald Trump was the one person that everybody was afraid of. Other countries feared him. Maybe not because they thought he was a tough guy. Maybe they just thought he was crazy and they had no idea what he was going to do at any given moment. And 
And now he's been through it once and he's been exposed to all the garbage that's, that's lying under the surface. Maybe he's the guy that needs one more term to come in and just clean the whole place out. That's what they're all afraid of, I think. I think they're yep. all afraid of that because he he was successful in exposing all of this crap. There's no question about that. Whether you love him or you hate him, he was successful in exposing the hypocrisy and the corruption. And I think that is why so many people in D.C. are afraid of him. Here's something I'm afraid of. We'll get to it after we break. I'm afraid of the fact that I have worked really hard to maintain, uh, to, uh, uh, to attain and now maintain good credit. And that may come back to bite me in the butt. And this makes me mad. More with Jazz Shaw after this. Well, if you're looking for a great Mother's Day gift, I've got you covered. And it's this, genucel.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L. This is a skincare line that I use that I love. And I'll tell you why I love it. It's formulated with skin nourishing antioxidants. Doesn't that sound yummy? Powerful peptides, a proprietary base that's manufactured right here in the USA. And every mom loves to take good care of her skin, so this is the way to go. This stuff is formulated by a pharmacist with quality ingredients. The products are sure to smooth out your fine lines and wrinkles. You'll notice that, and then you'll also notice that prevents other ones from popping up. My uh, favorite, one of my favorites, there are so many, is the Deep Firming Serum with Stem Cell Technology. So after I wash my face, I put this on and immediately my skin looks brighter and plumper and dare I say more youthful. And right now you can save over 70% off Genucel's most popular package. It features Genucel's Ultra Retinol that contains a powerful retinol alternative, which is good news to some. Safe on pregnancies, safe for breastfeeding. You'll also receive Genucel's Dark Spot Corrector to reduce the appearance of dark marks and sunspots from all those great days we're going to be spending outdoors this summer. Plus, you'll still get Genucel's classic under-eye bags therapy for those annoying under-eye bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, you will see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back guaranteed. So really, what do you have to lose? Don't wait. Celebrate your favorite mom, your sister, your grandmother by going to genucel.com slash Michelle with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, to save over 70% off their most popular package. Plus, every package includes a luxury gift box with three free springtime essentials. That's three free gifts plus concierge shipping for a limited time. Go to genucel.com slash Michelle. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Michelle with one L. Happy Mother's Day. Jazz, I'll read your headline. The war on those with good credit. There's always a war on someone. And I oh, yeah. feel like it. And you write, and I so agree with this first statement. Here's a story that hasn't drawn nearly enough attention yet. My gosh, I don't know why. A new change being driven by the Biden administration's Federal Housing Authority will cause new fees and increased interest rates for home mortgages. Starting on May 1st, that's next week, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will offer discounted mortgage rates to prospective home buyers with riskier credit backgrounds, meaning people with poor credit ratings to enable them to qualify for a mortgage. But that will generate more losses in the system and that money will have to be made up somehow. And so how will it be made up, Jazz? They will take the people who, like you and I, have worked and actually established good credit and tack more fees onto their mortgages. So they'll be paying more 
so that more people with shakier credit will be able to qualify for a mortgage and get a home. And my wife and I are very fortunate. We not only busted our butts to get good credit in the beginning, we busted our butts to make extra payments on our mortgage and we paid our house off. I've got the deed. Nobody's taking my house away, you know, and I, I can't recommend that enough to all of you out there. If you have the extra money to do it, very few do under this economy, but uh, yeah, that that's important. And, I don't know why anyone's tolerating this. It's like the war on merit. There is a war on merit right yeah, now. Yes, You're not supposed is. to judge people based on their skills or their background. Everything has to be on demographics. And now it's people with bad credit. And okay, I guess, but okay, no, not okay. That, that's no. not how the system is supposed to work. So how did this happen? A, how did it happen in the first place? Again, this is something that seems to have happened by the administrative state, not by any kind of representation. Uh, in yeah, nobody Congress. voted on this. Nobody <laughs> voted on this. So can it stick or it can, is it something that can be undone if there's enough of an uproar? Well, I think that takes time because, again, and we both just said it, this wasn't something that was voted on so it can be repealed. This is all done by executive fiat, and the people making the decisions, um, starting at the White House, then going down, you know, talking about Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, and everyone involved in that system at the top, if they're passing laws based on – or passing, making rules based on wokeness instead of normal economics – then you're going to have to have somebody in place that can replace them with someone who will do a better job. Yeah. And again, we're back to the war on merit. You know, well, why is Pete Buttigieg the transportation secretary? <laughs> because he said he really liked cars, you know, <laughs> and and look what's happened in that sector. Yeah. You know, geez. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been a disaster, as you've uh, you talked about in our first segment. So many things have gone downhill in this country. And that's that's just one more example. I. I this war on merit, it's I would be so pissed because I think the victims in this war are the people who are told, you know, you can't really reach the standards that we're setting. So we're going to do things more equitably. You don't have to do homework. You don't have to pass a test. You don't need an ACT or an SAT to get into college. Um, we're just going to make this all more equitable. What you do is you simply lower the bar so that everyone can clear it instead of saying to everyone, you can reach this if you really want to. And I, I, I'm I, wondering how in the hell this happened. I feel like one of the frogs in the pot of water that is slowly coming to a boil and we're all about to, well, merit anyway is the frog and it's going to die. Yeah, um, I think once again, what we're seeing here is a difference in two, two very conflicting I don't want to use the word theologies. That's not right. Philosophies, basically. And for a long time, we had a system that was really based on the idea of America being a place of equality of opportunity. Yeah. Everyone gets the same chance. But there is a more, and I will just use the word socialist perspective, that comes to us from places in Eastern Europe and other places around the globe where – that's not really the goal. The goal is equality of outcome. Mm -hmm. And the only way you get equality of outcome in a system like ours is by, as you said, lowering the standards and not rewarding people who seem to be the most accomplished or the most able and picking other reasons so that everybody gets the same slice of the pie. 
but that's not how the real world works in a democratic capitalist system. Some people inevitably wind up with a large slice of the pie, and some people don't. It's not always their fault, but that's what it is. And when you try to correct that by force, bringing down a hammer from above, we're seeing the results. Things start to break. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me, a lot of the young people in this country seem to be driving the narratives or driving the political uh, wins. And these young people are more than happy to spend a gazillion dollars on a concert ticket to see Taylor Swift or Harry Styles or Beyonce and say that those three people uh, are worthy of earning a, a ton of money because they're just so talented and we love them and we love their music. Okay. That's merit-based right there. They are all equally good, creative, excellent musicians who have reached a certain, whether you have taste for them or not, that's another thing. But so we're willing to do that. And we like watching the NBA finals and the playoffs right now and see who beats whom. And, you know, it's not every game's a tie. We don't like ties in sports. I just wonder why in the hell we're, why in the hell we're so willing to accept it in every other part of life? Or is it just, you know, like, how can a kid who aspires to be a great quarterback, a great pitcher, a great first baseman, uh, any of that, a great hockey player say, but, you know, I just, everywhere else we should be equal. I don't get it. Well, maybe we'll stop accepting it in sports. Maybe all games will end in ties. I I, I don't know where this train's going, honestly, but uh, no, you, you, you make a good point, and it's, it's back to that whole idea of merit as a concept. And I, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I want to make it sound like every person born in this country, no matter your skin color, no matter your background, you're, you're all going to be successful. Most people start with less. I came from farm country, and the, the house that I grew up in when we finally sold it sold for $17,000. Okay. So I did, I did not come from money and I have not made it to the ranks of Elon Musk, you know, but we tie in, I mean, when I say we, there's a certain portion of our society that has tied in the admitted, we, the country did have a long history of racism, unfortunately, and long, long ago slavery. And that, that's a real thing. And, but we've, we've made such strides to address it, but there are probably some residual, but then somebody has to go and try to take it and turn the knob to 11, you know, and it's like, we should give everybody reparations. Have you seen that plan out in San Francisco? Yes, I have. We've, Literally yes. like $5 million for every black resident of the city and no taxes for the rest of your life right. and, and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, well, A, they, they would bankrupt the state trying to do that. But that's the whole thing. We're, we're treating how we should address perhaps even some extant problems in the system today as if it was still the 1950s right. or the 1850s. Mm-hmm. And we're not approaching the system and examining it in a 21st century perspective saying, hey, we're actually doing pretty good, but here's some areas where there could be some improvements. Maybe we can do that. No, it, it's got to be a sledgehammer. Yeah. And that's what the reparations thing out west is. It's a sledgehammer. You're taking a sledgehammer to something that could be addressed with a fly swatter. I think the grievance economy t- pays off for a lot of people. And the, oh, yeah. victim, the victimhood Olympics uh, are where people like to win these days. Jazz Shaw, it's been great to have you on. I hope we can do it again. Be my pleasure. And thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Jazz Shaw from Hot Air. And a quick message after this. 
So I want to thank every single guest that's been on Sideline Sanity. It has been a rip-roaring good time. It has been a journey. But we are saying goodbye to Sideline Sanity. Ah, but don't worry. May 1st, next week, we reemerge as the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Simple as that. You'll find us covering the same stuff, trying to be brave and do good. And uh, we hope you'll join us right where you've joined us for the last year. We'll be there. We'll just be there as the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity. We'll see you on May 1st. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.